the message of grace is powerful. That he would come take us by our hands. Lift us up out of the miry clay. And place our feet upon a rock. And establish our goings. Calling dead people to life. Turning sinners into saints. What a mighty God we serve. That he loves us. Has a purpose for us. Well, in the world of hip-hop, when something happens and uh, you start freestyling, football, they call it an audible. So after that brief ministry performance, can you imagine an hour with this brother? <laughs> We're going to throw a slight audible and freestyle this morning. Turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. We'll stay in the passage that I'm going to preach this morning. But we're going to take a, a different look at the passage. So let's see what the Lord gives us. Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 28. reading from the New King James. The Bible says, when he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to them or to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they sat Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Verse 37, then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. You know that we're in a series about the superabounding grace of God. And it's a series whereby we're going to take time for several weeks to look at mistakes 
sins, errors that various men and women in Scripture have committed. And we're going to see that, wow, if they could do that, hmm, it reminds us of the things we have done and the things that we're capable of doing. But rather than focusing on the errors of these men and women whose lives we'll look at, we choose to focus on the grace of God that superabounded over the sins of these men and women. Today, I was going to preach about the mistake of the Pharisees, how in the midst of this moment of great adulation, worship, and praise, that a group of them had the haterade thing going on. And they tried to tell Jesus to rebuke, that is, put a muzzle on his disciples. Because we don't need all that for you. So I was going to talk about their mistake today. That if we were to dig deeper into the text, and even the context of that time, that what was really going on in their hearts were that was that they were envious of Jesus. I was going to talk about the sin of envy today. I'll save that for another time. Um, What to do when people are envious towards us, but also to check ourselves for when we are envious towards other people. But after my brother ministered, just being encouraged by grace, I got to find some grace in this passage because there's a lot of grace in this passage. Because although the Pharisees were envious towards Christ and they told him to put a muzzle on the crowd, Jesus did not allow their spirit to dampen the moment. And he carried on with the mission that the Father had given to him to ride into Jerusalem as Israel's king, fulfilling prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. So although the people would change their tune in a matter of days from Hosanna to crucify, at least in that moment. They saw him as Israel's king, much to the chagrin, once again, of the Pharisees, who were envious of Christ, and they plotted to kill Christ. But as my brother was singing about how God called us out and he waked us up, and even as our worship leader talked about how we are woke because of grace, I got to call your attention to this donkey in this passage. I got to call your attention because it's easy to look over this donkey here. And uh, the Bible says that Jesus said in verse 30, go into the village opposite you where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Y'all praying for me, right? Because I'm freestyling. But I believe there's a message here for us. And that is this donkey Some of you read the King James, and I won't even translate what your version says. (laughs) Was minding its own business. Wasn't thinking about the Lord, but the Lord was thinking about the donkey. The donkey knew nothing about Jesus. But Jesus knew everything about the donkey. The donkey didn't know where Jesus was. But Jesus knew exactly 
where the donkey was. He knew what town the donkey was in. So he sent two of his trusted disciples to go and fetch the donkey. And I'm just here to let you know that we are very much like this donkey here. We weren't looking for Jesus, but thank God he was looking for us. We were in another town. We, we, we were in another time. We just didn't think he could relate to us and us to him. We didn't even know his name, but he knew us before we knew him. He loved us before we could love him back. And he sent someone to us, as Elder Paul said, with the gospel to meet with us, to talk with us, to share with us. And finally, we responded to the good news of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, when you go get this donkey now, it's going to be tied to a post. In other words, it's going to be bound to something. But I want y'all to loose it, set it free from what was binding it. So when Jesus comes to get us, he knows that there are things that keep us bound. And what may bind you may be different from what used to bind me. And I'm not going to run through a list of sins. I think we know some of the things we were addicted to. Some of the things that had power over us. And if it wasn't things, it was ourselves. We worshipped ourselves. We were bound. We were lost. We were dead. But Jesus says, when I come to get you, I'm going to set you free from that thing that bound you. And the beautiful thing is that as we walk with Jesus in this thing called progressive sanctification, uh, he continues to give us the desire to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and lusts. And so we can have victory to the degree that we're willing to submit. Because one thing about donkeys is that they're very stubborn. And what if that donkey would have said, you know what, I'm cool being tied to this post. And I want to stay here. But, but here's the deal. The donkey had no idea what the Lord had in store for it. But first it had to submit to the two disciples and be freed. Now as they were taking the donkey, the owner of the donkey said, where are you taking it? Y'all know we used to be owned by somebody who didn't want to let us go. John chapter 8, verse 44 says that you are of your father, the devil. And the works of your father you're going to do. And so I know we may not like that, but when Adam sinned, when we talked about that, we became a part of the Adam's family. And the Adams family was marked with sin and death. And Satan was the God of this world. And he held us in prison. But the Messiah came to set us free, the captives free. Jesus came to deliver us from the tyranny of sin, death, the grave, and the ownership of Satan. So we've been translated from one kingdom into another kingdom from darkness into light, from one owner to another, I've been bought with a price. I am not my own. I belong to Jesus. And so now this donkey has a new owner now. Because when the master says, let him go or let her go, the owners have to concede. 
When Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb, death had to let him go. And when Jesus called us out of darkness, darkness had to let us go. And so that's why allegiance to him is not something that is forced. Um, It is because I love him and I'm grateful for where he delivered me from. So here comes the donkey now. Jesus knew where it was. Jesus knew what it was tied to. Jesus even knew who used to own the donkey. The donkey still has no idea because the donkey's like, okay, I've been delivered. But now it's being delivered unto a purpose. Y'all going to help me preach today? Because it's just so much more than saying, I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. Yeah, it starts with that. But there's a purpose that he has for each and every one of us to bring glory to his name. And for that donkey that day, that donkey had no idea that it was going to be in the midst of a procession. Because when they brought the donkey to Jesus, the Bible says they sat Jesus on it. Now, let's rewind. No one had ever sat on this donkey before, which meant that no one had ever valued this donkey. (laughs) No one had ever taken the time to say, you know what? I think this donkey is good enough for me to ride. There was something about it. It was a scrub of donkeys. (laughs) But Jesus said, I'm going to ride you. Matter of fact... Because he's the king, there's none beside him. It really turned into a good thing because it's basically saying that the the saddle of that donkey was set apart and holy for the holy one to sit on because he doesn't need to sit where some other folk sat because no other folk can be on the level of this king. So it really was a good thing that no one had used this donkey. So he sits on this donkey. People lay their clothes in the road, speaking of the fact that they are submitting to Jesus. They wave the palm branches because the palm branches signifies deliverance. Because when the Jews were in Egypt and God brought them through the Red Sea and they were on their way towards the promised land, they went without water for a few days. They would always have these water tests. Because these water tests, they would be thirsty. They'd be like, oh, we want to go back. It was a test of their faith. And there was this one time they came to a spot called Elam. And Elam had 70 palm trees, and there was water for everybody. So within the history of the Jewish people, they loved the palm tree because of what it signified by way of their deliverance and God being able to quench their thirst. So the waving of the palm tree is saying that this one is our deliverer. This one is the water of life who quenches our thirst. Hosanna, save us now. Save us from Rome, but above all, save us from our sin. Hosanna, save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they worship Jesus as king. But the haters were in the crowd. The ones who love to be greeted in the marketplaces as rabbi. Hello, rabbi. Hello, rabbi. But now this one is being called king, and everyone's going after him. But back to my man, the donkey. The donkey has more sense than the Pharisees. Because as Jesus is sitting on the donkey, praise is coming in that direction. Worship is coming in that direction. Honor is coming in that direction. And the donkey is smart enough to know 
They're not praising me up in here. They're not honoring me. They're honoring the one who is on my back. The Pharisees were not as smart as that donkey. See, I interviewed that donkey. I interviewed the donkey. I, I, I said, man, I, I, how did you feel that day? Donkey said, Pastor Chris. Hee-haw, hee-haw. I said, testify on, testify on. Donkey said, he saw me when I didn't see him. He saw, he saw. Is anybody glad he saw you? He saw you, he saw you, and he sees you. You're not alone. And somebody said, Pastor Chris, donkeys don't talk, man. What are you talking about? You better read your Bible. In the book of Numbers, that was a talking donkey. Balaam was giving out them ill prophecies. And God touched the mouth of that donkey to talk to that prophet and say, look here now. You messing up, bro. So donkeys can talk. And, and, and I talked to this one. And this one said, what a privilege and an honor. To have the Lord on my back as I march towards Jerusalem that he may be honored because he saw me when I didn't see him. He found me when I wasn't looking for him. He untied me when I was bound. He gave me a purpose in my life. He freed me from an owner that had me bound. I got a new owner now. And now look at me. All the other donkeys are saying, how'd he get that gig? It's because of God's mercy and his grace. I hope you got something out of that. Because now I'm calling the truth back up here to give us another song or two. Hey, man, you got to be ready. You ready, baby? You ready? You ready? I tell you what, you know, since, since, since uh, I meant to bring a CD of mine for you to sign, and I forgot it. Um, so I'll have to try to get it to you tomorrow. But you had a song on there, man, that revolutionized my household. Because my son and I, who's 25 years old, when that record came out, your first one, the song about my testimony was on there. And raising a son to live godly, raising a son to not be ashamed to be a virgin, and uh, to raise a son as the son of a pastor, and, and the things we do at the kitchen table with the word of God, that when that song hit, and he could hear you saying those things, how you grew up, Man, it just helped. Now, I don't know if you still remember the words of that song. It's, it's one of your old ones. Okay, you got one for me? Y'all, let's give it up for my homie. Come on back up here, man. Anybody glad to be a donkey today? <laughs> Praise God that he saw us looking for us when we weren't looking for him. Pursued us when we were going in the opposite direction. That's grace. Um, and when he found us, he did something special. He made us new. The Bible says if any man or woman is in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away. 
behold, all things become new. So if you're in here this morning, I need y'all to stand up with me because we're going out with a celebration. Can we do that? Now, we are in an age of streaming, um, but I asked Pastor Chris if the congregation here was still into buying CDs, and he told me yes. And so I bought CDs. <laughs> so if you guys are interested either for yourself or for your teenagers or for your young adults or if you're a young adult and you're interested, we do have, I do have some music back there. It's a limited amount, but um, some CDs nonetheless. Um, yeah, so I need everybody to do me a favor. And I need you to say, I'm feeling brand new. No, but you got to really mean it. You got to say, because I'm feeling brand new. With a smile, you got to throw the smile on, because I'm feeling brand new. Now you got to look at the person next to you and say, because I'm feeling brand new. Yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. One more time, the other person that you didn't say to, let me hear you say, because I'm feeling brand new. Yeah, buddy, let's go, brand new. I need everybody, Cannon, do you go here? You do? Oh my God, yo, that's my heart. I got a gym in here. All right, here we go. I don't sleep, if they don't believe in me, it's all good. He never leaving me, on my way, where I'm supposed to be, it's all good. Cause I'm feeling brand new.
Remain standing. Oh, boy. If God can use the foolishness of preaching to see people come to faith, can't he use the foolishness of gospel rap music? Amen. Oh, boy. We need to do more of this. Yeah, we, got, we, we, we need to do more of this. Amen. All right, strong time. I see y'all. Y'all like, uh, 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 uh. oh, boy. <laughs> well, grab hands with the person next to you. Don't forget this Wednesday, uh, we have our Passover Seder. We also have our performance by our students and our children. Six o'clock, be in the house. And then Friday, our Good Friday service. And then we go into Celebration Sunday, Resurrection Day for our Lord Jesus. So, Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity just to come and celebrate you. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that we are in the procession saying, Hosanna. Blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that today you, we were able to exchange our sorrows for joy. We were able to hear a message of grace to cloud out that message of condemnation. Thank you that we heard the good news, the gospel that sets us free, not only when we were lost, but keeps us free as we're saved. And so, Lord, as we go out into the world, help us to let everybody know that Jesus is for everybody. Help us, Lord, not only to preach the gospel with our lips, but also may our lives match the things that we say, that we're broken, yet we're whole because of his grace. So thank you, Lord. And thank you for this lighthouse. I pray, Lord, you will continue to entrust great opportunities to us. Thank you for bringing one of your choicest servants this way to deposit a spiritual gift into the life of this church. And, Lord, we want to deposit back unto him the things that he may need spiritually, even financially, to bless him as he goes. Oh, God, I pray that you will keep your hands on my brother Emmanuel and allow him to get back to his wife and his children safely. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to use him around this country to unlock the gates of hell in the name of Jesus, to see captives set free, to use him to see the church edified and your name glorified. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And it's according to the power that is working within us. To him be the glory, the majesty, the dominion, and the power, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. You got to hug five people before you leave. Amen, amen.